Welcome to another episode of the Spirit of 2016 podcast. Northern Ireland are de facto joint European champions to add to our British Home Nations Championship record. Uh, my name's Andy Bell. I'm delighted to be joined to talk about Northern Ireland nil, Italy nil. Uh, I'm delighted to be joined by Peter Baker and Dave Dunning as well. And people come to you first. It's a super performance. It's a super result. Um, and it's just what this team, the supporters, and especially in Barraclough need going into next year. Yeah, I mean, it's an unbelievable performance. I'm just incredibly proud to have, to have witnessed that. I mean, to a man, they ran themselves into the ground and it was class to watch. And, you know, again, you come away playing a big team like Italy. You don't want to be too greedy, but you could have nicked it you know, on another <laughs> night. But, you know, it, it gives a real good feeling, actually, leaving this campaign. You know, I've, I've forgotten about the previous dross that, that's happened, to be honest. You know, that's, that's given me a lot of hope. Uh, and I'm sure that's probably the same with with a lot of people uh, amongst the fans. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I wish Connor Washington just didn't do that. I wish he just let Donnarumma have it because it gives us that hope. It gives us that belief. It gives us that feeling of what could have been. But Dave, it's 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 not as if it's uh, the end of the group. Italy have, have have already qualified and sent the reserves out. It's a full strength Italian team. It's an Italian team that needs to come certainly and win, possibly in the end. I think Switzerland end up winning four or five nil, so they need to come and win by two or three goals. So it's uh, an Italian team that's bang up for it. That's just you know missed a penalty last minute against Switzerland on Friday, and. To be fair, they don't get that many clear-cut chances. There are a few ricochets or a few bobbles. There's a few moments of stupidity from Northern Ireland, but there were few and far between, and I think we're full value for that draw. 100%. Um, I, I think they're nervous, and I think we sense that, and I think the way we the way we go about our business from the first whistle with you know intent and purpose and energy, it exacerbates their nervousness, and there's loose passes that we're picking up on, and we're really, really turning the screw at times at the start of the first half, you know, probably the, say the first quarter of the game. Um, and yeah, we're absolutely value for it. They, they had a very, very obvious game plan. It was very easy to see what they were trying to do with the two wide men coming in, coming inside off the wings to try and get on those balls over the top. You had Barella and Tenali making the third man runs um, and then you dropping in deep. But I think what you see there. Is, is the value of having Johnny Evans right at the heart of your, nice. right your defence. Um, you know, you're not having a centre-half getting sucked out with Insignia and leaving those gaps for the two wide boys to, to move into. Those third-man runs are getting picked up. And I think our line's absolutely brilliant. It's just, it's not quite deep enough to cause us to cause us ho- cause us our own problems. And it's not quite high enough for them to be able to put that ball right in the sixpence over the top yeah. and get in behind us. I think it probably only happens once really from a wonder pass that Berardi gets on the end of in the end of in the first half but yeah we're brilliant I think the midfield three are they might you might look at them as, as unsung heroes but they get through some work tonight boy uh, mm. some amount of work some amount of legs all the dirty work all the unglamorous work and I think they're absolutely brilliant but yeah we're, we're absolutely full value for that and, and as Pete says you know We've probably, in fact, we've definitely the two best chances of the game. So, you know, as as proud and as as delighted as I am, there's a bit, there's a sense of regret at the same time, which is absurd. Yeah, Pete Dave talks about the the midfield three performance, and we are going to talk 
pretty much about every single individual performance um, on its own a bit later on. Uh, I think George Savile is absolutely an incredible knight. I think he's his best game in a Northern Ireland shirt by far. I think he covers Lewis superbly um, and he needed it. I think as Dave mentioned in the chat, he needed it tonight. He needed that cover. His positionally, he's brilliant. He presses so well. Uh, but I want to leave that for a little bit later. It's just like, it's such a great all-round performance from Northern Ireland. Like it's, People will look at that result tonight who haven't watched the game and have thought, they'll thought Northern Ireland have sat deep for 90 minutes, frustrated them. They've not gotten the opposition half. They've not created any chances. They've rode their luck and Peacock Farrell's made a load of world-class saves. <laughs> and there is an element. There are parts of the game where that is true. Maybe not the last part of it, the, the world-class saves, because we said they didn't have that many chances. But it is true that we had to soak up the pressure. But when we needed to use the crowd we knew when we needed to use it we knew first 15 minutes the crowd were going to be bang up for it we knew after half time the crowd would have got a bit of a boost from getting in there at half time and we knew at the end the crowd were were sensing that we were going to win it and the italians were leaving so many spaces you can see with their substitutions and when we need to take the game to them when we need to put the pressure on we do it so well and we press so well and we just do both sides of the game really really well tonight and it's a quintessential northern Ireland performance against a, a european giant yeah, it was excellent. It was it was smart. You know, they were very mindful of when they had to give Italy time on the ball. Like the world class players they have, like they can ping as many passes around as they want. But when someone took a dodgy touch, everyone pressed as a group. It wasn't just in ones and twos, it was everyone committing forward. You know, when we were on the break, everyone was charging forward, mm-hmm. trying to support players. Um, and even from I don't know, is it odd point, even from goal kicks, they were actually we were we were brave. Mm-hmm. We played it short sometimes. They understood if we hoof this up the pitch, it's just going to come straight back at us. And yeah, in, in the first half, there were a few dodgy passes. I know uh, Evans got quite fortunate when he <laughs> flicked it over. That was a dog of a ball from Cathcart. <laughs> uh, yeah, hard and my stuff. But we had to be brave tonight as well on the ball. And, you know, Washington in the build-up for that chance for Savile, was it? No. Was it? Which or one? Dallas's, Dallas's chance. Yeah, Washington carrying forward. You know, yeah. That's just brave. So, you know, very smart, and they were courageous as well, which keeps the crowd going. I think that's an interesting point, Dave, uh, that Pete touched on there. The bravery of the team, and the, there was a bravery in the in the team selection from Barraclough. And if the manager isn't going to pick a brave team, it doesn't matter what he's saying in the press. We, we want to go and win this. We want to attack. We don't want to sit back. If that's reflected in his team sheet, then that's how the team's going to go out thinking. And he picks Jamal Lewis, which is a big call. Now, he says Shane Ferguson's picked up a little bit of a knock. Who knows what he would have done uh, if Ferguson was fit? Or who knows what would happen? You know, uh, we don't know if uh, how true what he is is saying because he said a couple of the players had a knock. But he picks Lewis, and Lewis's performance is reflective of Northern Ireland tonight. Like, we all knew the risks with picking him. We knew he can lose concentration at times. We knew he hasn't played a lot of football. And there are two or three times they get in behind and there are a few times you're pulling your hair out with him and thinking like he shouldn't be playing here. But at the same time, he's an integral role in our two best chances. He sets up the Savile one with a lovely cushion volley. And for the Dallas one, he's the one piling it down the wing. He plays a, you know, he keeps his composure to play the ball uh, to McCann. McCann lets it run. Um, and he's such a big outlet for us tonight. And without him, we probably don't get those two big chances. And who knows what the game looks like without him. So it was a big risk. It could have backfired. One of those chances that they had could have gone in. But simultaneously, it was a brave call and it pays off. Yeah, that, that Dallas one, it was funny. It's one of those chances where the ball's rolled to the edge of the box and you're screaming for someone like just run into the screen. Just praying for a bad green shirt, aren't you? <laughs> and it very rarely ever happens, but it did. Um yeah, I, really surprised to see him go two up top. Yeah, um, that was the other thing, yeah. So fair play. Um, I think White's 
absolutely super. Um, really, really good performance. But yeah, you're right with Lewis. I think we have to caveat um, critiquing his performance by mentioning that he has hardly kicked the ball this season. And to go into a game like that where you're playing against the European champions, world-class footballers, and like Berardi, to call him fast is an understatement, mm-hmm. do you know? Um, and it's difficult to, to have that level of concentration when you're not playing week in, week out, um, especially for, for a player like Lewis, who is, you know, he's an attacking player, he's instinctively an attacking player, but you're right, that's where you do get the benefit. And that's where the three at the back lends itself to being able to accommodate a player like him. And if you, I think for him, just to go on a little bit of a tangent here, I think the Eddie Howe appointment in Newcastle could be really good for him and really good for us. Um, I think he is certainly a player that, that Eddie Howe will look to use in the way that he likes to play football. Let's be honest, Steve Bruce would be happy enough for four centre-halves playing across the back four. So that's encouraging. You want to see him getting games. You want to see him getting minutes. Um, but yeah, he's ropey at times. But, you know, sometimes you just have to cop for that in order to try and get the benefits at the other end. And, and you're right, he's nearly the guy that makes the difference. That was the other thing I was going to touch on, Pete, in terms of the bravery of the team selection. There was Jamal Lewis, who, you know, give your thoughts on that by all means as well. But talk about Gavin White too, because, I mean, as much as we tried to exert a little bit of madness and a little bit of a blitz to the game, first 10, 15 minutes, it's not until Gavin White really has that run where we break from the corner that we actually really properly get the crowd up and properly get in the front foot. And they have a little bit of a spell. They have a few corners to start with, but he, he carries the ball, must be about 40, 50 yards there before Tonali hacks him down, gets the yellow card. And that was so important just to set the tone for the performance and out of possession as well. I mean, I was very surprised when I saw the team sheet and I posted it as such on the Twitter and Facebook. I posted it as 5 4 1 because I thought what he was going to do is he'd kind of make White play the two positions. He'll have him out right, but also up supporting Josh McGuinness when the ball's pumped up to him. And I thought the more the half went on and the more that the Italians would garner control of it the more Gavin White would just play as kind of like a second right back, but it didn't turn out that way at all. In fact, he didn't even play on that side. He played on the left and um, clearly an attempt to get in behind uh, Di Lorenzo and Bonucci, who um, funny enough, you'd think you'd target the other side, but Switzerland very much targeted that side on Friday night and, um, and got a lot of joy there. And that's just a brave selection in itself, I think. And, you know, Gavin White out of possession, he gets stuck in, he makes the tackles. He's, He's intelligent. You have to be intelligent there. If you're a couple of yards either side, that could be the space that those world-class players need to get the shot away and, and, and produce a moment of magic. But there was none of that from any of our players tonight. Um, you know, there was no real stupidity at all. And Gavin might epitomize that for me. Yeah, he did. I mean, carrying the ball forward is key for relieving pressure. Washington came on, did the same thing. And it was, you know, that's the crowd going as well. I mean, just touching on the two strikers and how they pressed, I mean, is it the best performance from a pair of strikers off the ball? Never <laughs> <laughs> be, yeah. It's not often you say people. that a pair of strikers off the ball. If you're picking a pair of strikers, you're normally you know, going like, for it, aren't you? I mean, it's the wrong reason to base your striker selection on, but like for a night like tonight, it was quite funny to watch. Yeah, big Josh does well. He was again unbelievable performance off the ball <laughs> generally, but it, no. I, he gives the ball away an awful lot for somebody who supposedly never gives the ball away. That's what I, was <laughs> I did actually say that to my mate. I said, I thought McGuinness was great when he didn't have the ball. <laughs> Which he absolutely was. Yeah. 
Only, Le- another, only in the Northern Football Podcast, you'd be saying that about your striker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's not too optimistic, but you know, it's it's meant with, uh, you know, in the best way possible. Like, it was great, and he stays on for ninety minutes. But I assume to be a, a deterrent at corners. <laughs> I assume yeah. that's why he's asked to stay on for ninety minutes. Um, but you know, the pair of them were class, and on a different night, maybe Connor passes it to Josh. He's the hero. Who knows? Yeah. Shall we talk about that chance, Dave? Um, I don't know what he's doing initially in letting Donnarumma have the ball. He can't have uh, he can't have judged that Donnarumma had come at that from the wrong wrong angle, can he? Like I was think I was screaming at the TV, get there first, head it round him and stick it in. Um, it turns out to be an inspired choice because he gets the ball at his feet. Um, and he just Bricks it in the end, doesn't he? Really, it's a it's a team shot. Benucci nearly puts it in for him. Is the other thing, um, but he was. I mean, talk about that moment. But he was great when he came on. Um, I'm not sure. Well, Barclough said he had a bit of a knock. Uh, he probably would have started if not. But he didn't look like he had a knock. If you ask no, me, no. Um, to come on for 20 minutes, and you know that can be a big asset for us. He he runs the channels. He gets past the Cherby at, at one point. Um, I love him. I actually love him, and I always have. Even when he hasn't scored a goal for three or four years, I really, really, really like Connor Washington. Yeah, he's he's strong, and do you know what he is? He's a pest. He's yeah. got to be a nightmare to play against. Do you know, he's just. I think to give the manager credit, he gets that sub absolutely right. He does it at exactly the right time when you can see there's a bit of desperation kind of creeping in from the the Italian camp. I think they've got five forwards on the pitch at that point, maybe four, maybe five. Who knows? But their shape's kind of gone a little bit. You can see that, you know, they're becoming anxious. And that's the last thing you want when you're potentially going to give the ball away and there's going to be gaps and holes kind of being being there to be exploited. And and Washington does that absolutely brilliantly. Um, I think he does what... I think he does what White and McGuinness could do if you kind of put them together because he's got that pace. He can beat a man. But he's also strong and can hold yeah. the ball up. Hold up, he's um, brilliant. Yeah, he can bully players, and yeah, the chance he he, he gets there. I don't. It's still strange what actually happens. Yeah, he, he get they kind of get there at the same time, and I'm kind of wondering where the ball is, and all of a sudden he's got it at his feet, and I'm like, oh my god, go go! <laughs> and I I honestly I think he does everything right. He goes, he cuts inside, and. He just scuffs the shot, doesn't he? Yeah. He just doesn't make great connection. Whether he's not completely balanced when he tries to strike the ball, whether he just fills them because he sees basically an open goal in front of him with two minutes to go against the European champions to win the game in front of the club, which is perfectly understandable. But if ever there was yeah, a reason to fill them, uh, that would be it. That would be it. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, all credit to him. I think. Personally, I think we're a better side when he's on the pitch. Um, yeah. And and like I say, fair play to the manager because he does the sub at exactly the right time. And, you know, if only we had him on the pitch and had an option like that to come off the bench as well, you know, what a world that would be to live in. Yeah, Pete, do you think the emergence and quality of Shane Lavery has given these strikers a kick up the arse that they need? Because for the last four or five years, ever since Lafferty's been out of form, they've known that they haven't need to score that many goals at club level. They haven't need to 
perform haven't needed to perform that well at international to get a uh, level to get starts and and to regularly be in the Northern Ireland squad and they've they've all been much of a muchness for four or five years but in the last couple of months ever since Lavery's come through you've got a different Washington you've seen a different McGuinness certainly in these last two games probably McGuinness's best pair of games for a, a hell of a long time in the Northern Ireland shirt um and you know especially maybe Boyce being out as well, a little competition relieved on it. Everything's just sort of come together in a perfect storm for them. And it would be great if we could get the goals. That is the last step. And that may well be Lavery. But for what we know that McGuinness and Washington can offer, they've they've given their absolute all in these, uh, in these last two games. And the striker situation is looking a lot more promising, even aside from Lavery, I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they seem like they've got the bit between the teeth again. I mean, maybe maybe Lavery may have inspired that by his tenacious approach to matches. I don't know. And other strikers thought, why aren't we doing this? I mean, yeah. Washington is more than capable of doing the same, like we've seen tonight. Harrying defenders, he's quick, gives the Serbi the run around. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a breath of fresh air to see that from a pair of strikers, Northern Ireland ones anyway. I mean, Washington and Lavery up top, I've got a lot of confidence they can cause teams trouble. You know, just because of their bullish uh, approach to the game, bullying defenders, running hard, being pests. So yeah, hopefully more of that to come in the next next campaign. Yeah, just on that, um, I think the emergence of Lavery has almost got us playing a different way, which lends itself better to the centre forwards that we have. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the, the penny kind of drops, whether it's it's by accident or by design. I think it's the, the Lithuania away game, isn't it, where he has to go with with the two small guys. Um, he doesn't have the battering ram or the target man, so to speak. And and we use that really, really, really well. But then against Switzerland as well at home, you know, it, it serves a purpose in trying to get them turned around and get them behind them. And that's not really a trait that we've seen from Northern Ireland sides in the past. And, and even under O'Neill, we didn't really have that that option. And yeah, the best you ever got was one wee lad with the big lad, wasn't it? That's as close to a forward-thinking, exciting, proactive team you would have got. Yeah, and let's be honest, it was usually one-off of Lafferty or, or McGuinness that, mm-hmm. that O'Neill was going with. And you would have relied a lot more heavily on set pieces. Like I was looking at looking at us tonight, but we're actually quite a small side, the centre-half support, you know. Um and, and Pete make the point earlier on that McGuinness obviously stayed on the pitch to, to support with set pieces and things like that. And I absolutely think that that's the case. You know Savile's only 5 foot 10. He must be the biggest 5 foot 10 we've ever seen. I know. Someone someone mentioned this on Twitter and I, I thought he was huge, but I think maybe yeah. it's just because I see him play like next to Steve Davis every time I see yeah, him. McCann, yeah. um, and he just looks enormous. But yeah, I think that now looks like our best route to put the ball in the net. And it's certainly something to build on. It's certainly a strategy to build on. It's exciting. That's what it is. The style of play is exciting. You're not playing this sort of defensive... Well, you're not going to set up as defensively, try and keep a clean sheet and maybe get a cross or a set piece to score a goal. They're actually going at teams, pressing them, hurrying them. You know. Yeah, at the right times. Yeah. Yeah. And every time you think that Ian Barraclough's just Steve Bruce, every... One in five games, he throws in a mad team, doesn't he? And just keeps us keeps us with him. Um, Peter, I want to talk about the back three. Um, I want to talk firstly about the selection, and um, because people were very surprised. Obviously, we didn't know what the crack was with McNair. He was down holding his hamstring the other night. He we're told in the pre-match, um, that he has gone back to Middlesbrough, so he couldn't play. Ballard obviously couldn't play as well. He's not even in the squad tonight. 
And you would have thought he would just have gone for Kieran Brown like he does in Switzerland, like he does uh, at home to Switzerland as well. And Kieran Brown never let us down. Now, I read it as he didn't trust Brown and Lewis on the same side, especially with, you know, whoever was going to play on the right-hand side. It ended up being Berardi, but it could well be Chiesa. And Di Lorenzo, who had so much joy down that side and likes to come inside, kind of like we've seen from Alexander-Arnold this season, getting in more central positions. And uh, it's a better position to cross from. So I don't think he trusted uh, Brown and Lewis in that sort of half space. And I think that's why he wanted to do uh, Evans or Cathcart out there. It was mainly Evans, but it, um, but Cathcart played a little bit out there as well. And they swapped around a couple of times. But he goes for Tom Flanagan. And he said before the game, uh, I picked him because he had a great game away to Bulgaria. And immediately at that point, I thought, I think I became Baraklov out for a couple of minutes because I did not think Tom Flanagan was good at all in Bulgaria. But he's brilliant tonight, Flanagan, uh, and he tracks a run. Dave mentions the runs of Tonali and Barella, especially Barella a couple of times. He tracked that run perfectly, and that's not easy. It's not easy to know like when to step out, when to play the offside, or when to track the run. He gets every decision spot on tonight, and there's a header with about four minutes to go where he could head it back into the area, and he just heads it out for a corner, and it's absolutely the right thing to do. He did not put a foot or a head wrong tonight. When he headed that back over the bar, I thought, oh, my word. <laughs> I was buzzing with it. I thought it was brilliant. Well, at, at, at the time, I was like, "Oh, if this," I thought, "Could this be an own goal?" But thankfully not. He played. He played one pass in the first half, where he gave the ball away. Yes, he did. Apart from that, yeah, he was he was fantastic. He was even doing the McNair run down the wing <laughs> on the overlap a couple of times. I didn't. I didn't think Flanagan had it in him. But I, th- I think there was a moment in like the eighty-something minute where he took the ball down, feigned the. Kick it up the line and sent an Italian player to the shops. <laughs> and I turned to my mates and said, This guy plays for Sunderland. He's out there in Italy. He plays a pass down the line, it goes straight out. <laughs> Brilliant. But yeah, I, I thought he was very good tonight. Very and Evans was just amazing, wasn't he? <laughs> Evans. Evans, Evans was Evans. That's probably it's probably one of the best performances I've seen from Evans mm-hmm. in the Northern Ireland Top. I mean, yeah. for most of them, it's probably the same, but it showed he showed his class tonight. How good he is. So was your mate Cathcart. Yeah, Cathcart was really good. Cathcart was good. I did think the other two were better though, but well, not there. Uh, there's no need to compare them. Let's, let's <laughs> just did. let's just enjoy all three of them, Dave. Um, because Johnny I think that's Evans, all confirmation bias. But <laughs> um, Johnny Evans is one of the players that thrives in a game like this, and you need a centre half uh, to play like he does in a game like this. I think there's a couple of times, second half, where Steve Davis, like from a corner, just like does a little deft touch and we're able to keep possession for a bit longer. And even this sounds like so negative, but the clearance can get a bit further or a bit more directed in terms of getting somebody to run onto it. And Evans has that common effect. It's not just head it and kick it. It's not just panic and, and boot it. Um, he's so calm. He's so cultured and he's so good on the ball. Um, but he doesn't put a foot wrong defensively either. And the three of them, all th- yes, all three of them were, were really, really good. And, you know, didn't really, there wasn't really a clear cut chance, I don't think. Not really. And they think, like, on Evans, in the last couple of minutes, he's up with right wing, not yeah. making players and trying back heels and all kinds of madness. Um, but yeah, look, he is an elite centre half. Yeah. He has won almost everything going. He's played at Manchester United. He's, played, he's playing at Leicester City. He's um, He won the FA Cup last season and he's done it all. You know, and that leadership, that experience, that quality, and it is it is just quality, you know, um, and you can see his quality on the ball. The, he gets a wee bit lucky with the one over the head, but 
he hasn't he's no other option there because you're right the, yeah. the path the path that Cathcart gives him is absolutely brutal um you said and it's no, I said this one. <laughs> listen, speed's a speed. Um, so, so yeah. Um, listen, as I said at the start, as I said at the start of the, the podcast, um, that's what you're missing when he's not there, and it's a real shame that you just can't get him on the pitch often enough. The minute that's his ninety third cap tonight, um, he is a colossus, and I think the reassuredness and the common effect I think he has on players around him as well is just, you can't qualify it. And it's nothing that can be kind of replicated with any other player stepping into that position, even create Cathcart. Yeah, completely. Um, just to finish off kind of the, the defensive performance, Pete, um, because I wasn't going to talk about him, but I think for the stick that we've given him at times, um, over the last couple of years in this podcast when he's deserved it. Um, we do we do give him the credit where it's due and we need to give him a credit again tonight because for me, um, we're going to put the the uh, the poll up at the end of the year like we always do. But for me, Bailey Peacock-Farrell is Northern Ireland's player of the year um, because this group would look ugly without his saves. Uh, without that save against Switzerland at home, without the save away to Lithuania, we may lose it. Um even the other night, you know, we deserve to win by more than one goal, but he makes a big save just after it goes 1-0, um, where he stands up and it sort of doesn't look like much, but it's very easy to sort of get that wrong, and he absolutely makes the right decision. And every point that we've got in this group, Bailey Peacock, Farrell has been a part of it, and he is again tonight. Yeah, completely agree. I mean, he, even tonight, he just looked confident. Italy, albeit didn't have that many chances, but when he had things to do... He was quite composed. I remember when um, Chiesa cut in from the left, a few steps yes. over and then shot through Dallas's legs. Yeah. Like, very easily you could mess that up. Mm-hmm. Even the save from, who was it that was offside? Chiesa was offside at one point. He sort of sticks a leg out. Makes a yeah, again, another terrific save. He's, yeah. he's been class. I know there's talk about uh, the new with the new goalkeeper coming in. It's, it's Southwood, isn't it? Southwood, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Peacock Farrell hasn't put a foot wrong. And at the minute, the jersey's his. Yeah. I say. No, completely. Um, I, I'd agree. Probably our player of the, the campaign anyway. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, we end up with nine points there. We do end up finishing third in the group, um, which, you know, whether you're asked about that doesn't really matter. We do deserve it. We are the third best team in this uh, in this group. We it's where you should finish. You know, what's where we should yeah, yeah, yeah. finish. Yeah, we're better than Lithuania and we're better than Bulgaria. And the fact that we got the points against Italy and Switzerland in order to do that, because Bulgaria do take four points off us, so it's still quite a good thing to, to, to end up finishing above them. We've, we've done well there. But uh, one more individual performance I want to touch on, Dave, because I know you are um, you and I like to be a little bit nicer about this fella than, than most people, um, not least on this uh, on this podcast. Isn't that right, Pete? Because I, yeah, I, and I, will, I will let you come on to talk about him. I will let you come on to talk about him because I know you thought he was super as well. But I thought George Savile, as I said previously, it's his best game in a Northern Ireland shirt. I think he's absolutely superb tonight and genuinely superb, not narrative superb, not contextually superb based on his performances in Northern Ireland shirt before. Genuinely superb in that performance. We need him tonight. Uh, we need his positioning. We need his tenacity. We need his pressing. He's a really, really, really good presser. That's uh, so something I've always noticed about him. He's a brilliant presser. Um, and when he's able to lead the press, i.e. when McNair is not in the midfield, it amplifies it a hell of a lot more. Um, and he's up there with our best tonight. I thought he was superb. Yeah, I think the thing with Savile is all of the great stuff that he really does, 
it's kind of the stuff that you just don't really notice. Mm-hmm. And when people talk about Savile's performance tonight, they'll talk about the chance that he doesn't score. Yeah. And that will be the overriding narrative around his performance. But you're absolutely right. Um, he digs Lewis out of a hole a number of times. Yeah. Um, his positioning is absolutely spot on. Talk about discipline. You know, that's what you need more than anything else to go out there. Um and playing a game like that against the side like that, where you're not going to have a lot of the ball and they are going to exploit any kind of tactical naivety that you have and any any positional insecurity in that you have. And he doesn't put a foot wrong. Um, I think he's good with the ball. I think he's brilliant without the ball. Yeah. Um, and as I say, I think his performance goes under the radar the same way probably McCann's performance on the other side will go a little bit under the radar too. You'll be looking at yeah. who standout players tonight. They're almost like, you know, um, that game you maybe like played in football training as a warm-up where it's like British Bulldog, except when you catch somebody, you have to like hold hands with them and you have to move without with linking arms to somebody. That's what our midfield three looked like tonight. They were so tight together, but they had to be, didn't they? Yeah, tactically brilliant. Um, the manager gets it right in that regard, but they have to go out there and they have to do it against, you know, world-class players. Jorginho's won everything this year. You know, he's top of the Premier League. He's, he's won the Euros. He's Champions League winner. Burrell is one of the, the hottest rated talents in Europe. Tenali's already this season. Yeah, Tenali's not far behind him. I know, I know he doesn't look great tonight, Tenali, and he gets hooked, I think, at half-time. But he's one, of the, he's one of the talents that people are talking about coming through um, in the next couple of years as well. Um, so I think, yeah, he gets a hard time. I think he's absolutely excellent. And there is a role for him in this side. And he is a very, very important cog in that midfield machine that for me, more than any other area of the pitch, really secures that performance and that result this evening. Definitely, Pete. It's we mentioned the, the emergence of Lavery coming through, you know, bucking the, the other strikers' ideas up. I think the emergence of your Thompsons and your McCanns and the likes of even Galbraith and McCalmont, you know, talk with them coming through. People are fuming every squad that Ethan Galbraith's in the 21s and uh, George Savile's in the first team, which is just completely wrong. But people, this is genuinely something people think. Obviously, on this occasion, it's McCalmont who's in the 21s, uh, Galbraith's for the first team. But like Savile in the last couple of months, I mean, Certainly, I think he's quite good in Switzerland as well. Um, but tonight, I, I, I heard somebody mention something about him on Twitter. He said, because I tweeted out about 20 minutes in that he was having a great game. And somebody said he's a big game player, which is an interest. And I'm interested to get your thoughts on that. Because when you think back to the likes of Germany and the Netherlands, even that Swiss playoff, which is like very early on in his career, in these big games, he, he does give us that real tenacity sometimes. And he's really good again tonight. Yeah, I mean, he was terrific. I know, I, I know I've had my frustrations with him in the past. I mean, he's certainly not passive anymore if he plays like that. But, I mean, I want him to succeed as, as much as anyone else yeah. as a fan. It's just he seems to be cursed with the worst luck ever in terms of finishing. Um, but, yeah, there might be a point there. He steps up again. Um, and it really does create a dilemma with as to who we start in centre midfield. Because you can't... I mean, can you really drop him after a performance like that against European champions? I'm not sure you can. Um, Do you need him as much against League C sides? That's the question. Away from home, he could be very beneficial. True. True. I suppose it depends. You know, we saw more of the defensive side tonight and being tidy on the ball. Mm -hmm. Being creative probably wasn't as important tonight. So, 
I suppose it's a good position for Barclough to be in. He's got different players who can perform different roles. When we need a player like that, if we're playing top opposition, it's great to have. But I think that's a good point then. Play the more creative midfielders against the lower ranked nations. Yeah. But then again, yeah. I think inevitably what you have there is, as has happened tonight again, as seems to have happened in every round of games so far, is you're missing big players whether it's Evans, whether it's McNair, whether it's McGuinness, whether it's Washington, Lewis, Dallas, for, for a variety of different reasons. And there were days gone by where if, if you're missing two or three, then you're really down to bare bones. But at, at this moment in time, you're not. You've got options there. And when we're sitting there, and if everybody's fit, you know, ask, ask 100 fans, you'll get 50 different teams minimum. Mm. So... Yeah. For us, that can only be a good thing coming forward, especially with, especially with the likes of Gilbraith and, you know, some of the other younger players that, that are touted to be kind of breaking into that that group with training with the first team then. You know, this could be the certainly the deepest squad that we potentially have ever had. Can we talk just dead quick before we do the comments about the most hilarious bounce ball decision of all time? How on earth did the referee give us that, by the way? <laughs> was abs- I mean, that should have been a bounce ball about 15 yards out for them, which is worrying, and that's too much of a punishment. But with the new rules, they very much had control of that, didn't they? I mean, yeah, it was. I, I, I couldn't quite believe what he'd, uh, what he'd given, but we'll take it. Uh, it was well, was- Bizarre as your woman at the start pulling off that lovely blue robe, <laughs> full Northern Ireland kit underneath it. I wonder which... whether the the wobbles at the at the high notes were by design or by uh, the the temperature. <laughs> I'm not sure quite what it was, but yeah, that got the biggest cheer of the night, didn't it? Um, let's see some comments. Uh, ben Harshaw contributed to the show says Johnny Evans wouldn't be out of place playing for the European Championship, uh, playing for the European Champions, let alone against them. Um, phenomenal, very organized, hardworking performance. Now we have to replicate that in the must win games. Uh, Stuart Williams says, disciplined uh, and highly energized performance. Davis, Johnny, Craig, Ali McCann, Gavin White, and Washington, when he came on, were fantastic. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Ross Whitehead, that's the performance we need to see. Now, hopefully, we can build on that going into the Nations League. Washington looked lively when he came on. Brackettson should have scored. Uh, should that be his role from now on? Question mark. So, yeah, maybe. And something we can talk about in some of the future preview shows. We've always sort of talked about McGuinness in that light, haven't we? Um, Sean NI9 says, disappointed not to get the win against the European champions. Jamie at After Paris says, can't believe it. So, so close to being one of the great nights. I'm getting a bit carried away to say we were completely in control there. Um, but from the 70th minute on, thought we were the only ones capable of getting something. Um, N. Cobain says, brilliant. Uh, after so many negatives, have to enjoy that. Should have won. Charlie Davis, don't think we get that performance if the uh, players aren't playing for the manager. Did us all proud tonight. Hopefully this is catalyst like Russia was for O'Neill. Uh, Ewan Glass, everything the Switzerland home game was and more. Brilliant team performance to a man. Um, let's see. Let's see. We do one more. Um, Stephen Gallagher, that's the type of performance that makes us all love following Northern Ireland. Uh, against the odds, full of grit, love it. Wee bit of luck, and we'd have won that. Peacock Farrell and Johnny Evans, immense. I want to come on to talk about the Nations League a little bit, um, because Pete, it's gone from being like a, a sort of big banana skin potentially for us. And listen, there are some good teams that we can draw in League C, and we're going to maybe do some brief chat on that uh, afterwards. But the whole um, feeling 
and mentality of the supporters and the players going into that. I'm really excited for the draw now. I want to see who we're going to get. It's now a real opportunity for us to, to get this. And a month ago, you would have said, listen, I can't see us winning the away game in this. But now, you know, the whole mentality's changed. I think so, yeah. I mean, you, you're going into this thinking we should have a good chance of winning the group, depending who we who we draw, etc. I mean, does it still go to a final, semi-final, final? So the playoffs go to a semi-final, final, but you need to win your group. Mm. Unless one of the other group winners qualifies directly, in which case some can yeah. feed down to seconds. So a trophy for it? Uh, yeah, I think so. Is there... I, I, actually, I don't know. I think you might have to win League A to get Ban- a trophy. Bansy champions. That's what we should be aiming for. Oh, I think we well, should. Well, here, reigning British European, uh, reigning British champions, de facto European champions, League C champions. We're going to make it a, quad, a famous quadruple in 2026. Yeah, I mean, it's, the games that we'll play in Group C are going to be completely different to the mm. one tonight. Tonight was dogged. We we just had to hold what we had, which was nil-nil. Yeah. Having to go away, like we've seen uh, to Bulgaria, for example, Trying to break down teams like that is where we've come on, come unstuck recently. Even Slovakia, yeah, at home. So, I don't think that the teams will be playing will be as good as that, but it all sort of depends on the draw because we'll come on the talk. There are some good teams in yeah. that pot too. On the other side, you know, it might give the guys a bit of confidence with the attack. Mm-hmm. You know, we we can see the emergence of Lavery and Washington, and hopefully that pair uh, continues to blossom a bit. Um, and then the emergence of the the younger players in midfield, they might have, they might get their opportunity. So, you know, I'm pretty excited going into it. As Dave has said, this is probably the most depth we've ever had. Young, I, I can't remember the last time there was a young crop of players coming through like this. You know, it's, and it's credit to Barraclough and the work he did in the under 21s in the system and all the staff. So, I'm, you know, I'm pretty excited, to be honest. Pretty hopeful. Yeah, yeah massively. Dave, um, Greece are good. They beat Sweden there in the last international break. Um, they are in League C because they had a disastrous five or six years before that where they were in our group and they were losing. Which we benefited from, so we can thank them. Yeah, them. well, exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, Macedonia are good. They qualified for the Euros through League D, albeit. Um, did quite well at the Euros. I enjoyed watching them. And they've just got 18 points from a group involving Germany, Iceland and Romania, um, which is no mean feat at all. They've got themselves a playoff there. Um, they're also in pot two. Luxembourg are good. Um, somehow good. Somehow really good, yeah. I watched them against the Republic last night, and the Republic should not have beaten them 3-0. In fact, the Republic, uh, Luxembourg, were very unlucky not to go 1-0 up. Um, like they are They are literally our most, um, our lowest moment ever. Yeah. And, and they're brilliant. And, and somehow they're good. How has <laughs> that happened? I'm really worried because I think Luxembourg is lose-lose because everyone will think we should twat them. But in reality... Um, they're actually pretty good and they're actually probably a similar enough level to the likes of us and the Republic of Ireland. Um, you know, they had a big crowd in the other night, um, but everyone's just going to think Luxembourg and think that they're, Luxembourg can't be good at football. Uh, one team that isn't good at football is Belarus and they are very much the outlier in that pot two, um, that pot two draw and it would be lovely to draw them. We, I think we're due a bit of luck with these draws, aren't we? Yeah, but inevitably we won't get it. So, you know, there's yeah. not... We did a deal with the devil in, uh, in 2014 and we have to cop for that we have to pay the price and i'm happy enough to pay the price to be honest um but yeah i think i think it's the right test at the right time for both the manager and this group of players i think you want this group of players um some of them to be able to bed in against 
teams that are that they can be competitive with. Um, that's what you need. It gives Barraclough opportunities to use the squad as well. I think certainly against some of the, the lower ranked teams that you could potentially draw. And I can't, sorry, I can't remember his name, but who somebody made a point about the the Russia game um, yeah. being a turning point. And O'Neill mentioned that, and and Steve Davis, I remember, has mentioned that in the past as well. And you know, bar kind of the Switzerland Bulgaria thing you're two out of three really positive international breaks there um and there's lots of encouragement and lots of positives to be pointed to by the manager for the players to look at and realize that maybe rather than this being the end of something this could be the start of something so i think that's how we were all feeling that maybe this was the end of something i was certainly guilty of that as well but you know tonight and obviously, I'm on a huge high, and I'm feeling great about about the t- about the side and the setup and everything. But I just feel like this is it's the right test at the right time for the position that we're in now, with the age of the squad, for us to go out, take some time, build from the ground up, and start to integrate a consistent group of players to go forward, a way to play and something that we can maybe take into a qualifying campaign and maybe do a bit of damage with. The chance to develop a ruthlessness. The teams we're going to be facing, you're going to have to beat to qualify for a major tournament. Mm -hmm. Can we put them to the sword? That should be the message every time we go out on the pitch. At home, how how many can we score? Yeah. We need to win our homes, don't we? Yeah. Well, the stats stats from this campaign show it. Defensively sound. Didn't score or I wonder how uh, how long it is since we we conceded a goal in terms of days, months, and, and years. We'll get we'll get maybe Marshall Gillespie on that. Um, is everyone's man of the match Johnny Evans? Because I'm gonna do like a non Johnny Evans man of the match, but yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so Pete, non Johnny Evans man of the match. Who's your hipster man of the match then? Hipster man of the match. Uh, I mean, it, it literally could be anyone. Yeah. Um. Some great cliches from Pete there. Uh, Savile, why not? Savile? Yeah. Fair play. Um, Dave, hipster man of the match? Um, I think Dallas is super. Well, I haven't yeah. mentioned him. I think he's I super think as well. Very, very good. And I'm kind of torn as well. I think another one I haven't mentioned. McCann's brilliant, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. He, so I, is Davis. Like, so yeah. I mean McCann is brilliant tonight, but generally he's just brilliant. Yeah. Um again, it's another one of those, it's another one of those performances, a bit like Savas, where you just don't really notice it because it's neat and it's tidy, it's winning the ball back, it's kind of in congested areas, it's not traveling with the ball or dribbling or anything like that, or, or certain certainly looking to create things at the top end of the pitch. But he, I don't think he misplaces a pass all night, honestly. You know, his pass percentage rate must be right up there with, with, with the top five or six players in the pitch. So I'll go McCann. Okay. Interesting shout. Uh, so my hipster man of the match is, I'm going to go Savile as well. Um, but as you both said, there's there's so many candidates for it. And that's reflected in this in this vote. Um, so I put on the Twitter, who was Northern Ireland's man of the match. And the four I put forward were Dallas, uh, Peacock, Farrell, Evans and Flanagan. I thought I'd get too much stick. 
for putting Savile forward, but I think I've been a bit of a shit house there in retrospect. So Stuart Dallas get eight percent. Um, Bailey Peacock Carroll gets job, Andy. Absolute uh, job I know, there. I know, I know. Um, well, look, I've, I have, I'm having to isolate for ten days here. So the last thing I need is the Savile haters in my mentions. I don't need a load of Pete's torturing me while I'm stuck in this flat. Do you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Peacock Farrell gets thirteen percent. Tom Flanagan gets a solid twenty one percent. Uh, and Johnny Evans takes it home with uh, 58%. All right. Any other business? Any other shouts for any other players? Or are we done? No, that's me. Well, we have actually just the end of the, uh, the show on a bit of a downer. We have actually contrived to uh, qualify Switzerland for the World Cup tonight. So I will leave it from, uh, I will leave the show with this tweet from the Bulls Blas Swiss football platform. Uh, who are a couple of guys, really sound guys, actually, who came on our show, did some interviews around the Switzerland games. Um, they say, thank you, Jorginho, but more importantly, thank you, Northern Ireland. At Spirit of 2016 Pod, send us your address. Box of Toblerone is on its way tomorrow, and I can tell you all, Peter Baker and Dave Dunning, that address will be nowhere near East Belfast. Thank you very much for listening, and see you again next time. Bye-bye.